Welcome to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, and their support of Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. We have two great topics for you today. In case you missed it, our conversation with Deaconess Sandrine about a uh, magnificent hymnal project that she's been working on. Uh, this goes back to earlier this year, and uh, so I hope you can stick around for that conversation. And in the second segment, we're going to learn about the upcoming International Disaster Response Conference. We'll talk with uh, Reverend Michael Meyer from LCMS Disaster Response. You're listening to Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. Joining me by phone this morning, Deaconess Sandra Ryan. She's working with a hymnal project and here to share with us about that. Good morning, Deaconess Ryan. Good morning, Andy. That was a great introduction, and it's an honor to be with you this morning. Well, thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to have some time to talk with you this morning and, and learn more about your work and particularly uh, what you how you're involved with this hymnal project to bring hymnals to people around the world. Tell me a little bit about your vocation as a deaconess. What led up to you considering this vocation and, uh, and how you serve as a deaconess today? Ah, good, good way to get started. Um, <clears throat> The first answer that comes to mind is that this was in God's plan. And if I have learned anything in this process, it is that there are just no coincidences in life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did my deaconess studies at the seminary in Fort Wayne, uh, 2007 to 2010. Um, one of my classmates there was a young pastor. He was clearly not an American. So in other words, sitting in class, someone's answering a question, and he's got this cool kind of vaguely British accent, okay? So I was curious. <laughs> I stayed after class one day to introduce myself, and this man was Pastor Isaiah Obari. He's a pastor in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Kenya. Well, that in itself was fascinating. Um, we got to know each other. I invited him to my home to spend the weekend and invited him to come to my church to talk to Bible class because we didn't know anything about the Kenyan Lutheran Church or about what it's like to live in Africa or any of that. Um, so turns out that the Kenyan Lutheran Church and the LCMS are in fellowship with each other. And Isaiah's father, who is Archbishop Walter Obari, had actually requested assistance from the LCMS in developing a hymnal, and no one up to that point had taken up the project. Okay, so now let me give you one, uh, one side story to further set the stage for this. Uh, LCMS used to have a, a world relief and human care, right? Um, and they would have an annual Theology of Mercy essay competition for seminary students. So I decided to write an essay with knowing, getting to know Isaiah a bit and being a musician who then was studying to become a deaconess. The title of my essay was Hymnody as Bodily Care to the Church in Kenya. Um, my premise was that when music is united with God's word, it brings the gospel in a way that is healing to body, mind, and soul. There are, there are lots of um, scientific and medical studies showing that music in itself can aid in healing, it aids in lowering blood pressure, and it uplifts spirits. So music combined with God's word is, is, is like the ultimate. It should be part of the human care that we bring to our brothers and sisters in the mission field. It's a way that we can show mercy to them. 
Okay, so when you have those things put together, then there comes a time when Bishop Obari comes to the seminary to visit his son. Isaiah introduces the two of us. Bishop Obari is a bold man, so he tells me all about the church, and he ends this long conversation saying, all right, Sandra, you're a church musician, and now you're setting <laughs> to become a theologian. Please work with my son and develop a hymnal for us. <laughs> oh, it, was just, it was like completely out of the blue. I had not been a traveler before this. I did not know what to do with a request like that. Um, uh, but I did know that there was a professor on our campus who was in charge of international theological education. This was Dr. Timothy Quill. I told him the story. One thing leads to another, and we have a Kenyan hymnal project. Wow. And and so how do you even how do you even go about developing a hymnal for uh, another church body in another culture? What are some of the what are some of the, uh, the the challenges? I'm sure, that, but but also there are joys. I'm sure in that process as well. You're right, right. There are joys and there are challenges. Um, uh, after a church body requests, well, first it has to be an, an official request from one church body to the LCMS. It's not just some individuals that decide to do this. Sure. Right. Okay. So a, a church body makes a request to the LCMS. The Office of International Mission agrees to take it on. Then um, I am assigned as a consultant. That church body needs to form a hymnal committee, and I serve on the committee as a consultant and as, and as a liaison with the Missouri Synod. Um, so I start meeting with this hymnal committee. We, we study their current songbook or whatever it is that their church is using. We gather whatever resources we can in the indigenous language. I uh, recommend core Lutheran hymns that have to be translated. Uh, one of the biggest things, the biggest resources that I have is the LSB, our Lutheran service book. It's, um, it's like everything one could hope for in a hymn book. So I provide a copy of that for every person on the committee. We use it sort of as a guide for what, in, in an ideal hymnal, what would we have? Um, we often organize conferences for pastors and church musicians, and we bring in professors and pastors from the LCMS so they can teach about liturgy and about history and the conduct of the service. I have to do all the computer entry on my, my computer. I use Finale Music software. Uh, we need proofreaders, editors. I have to get copyright permissions, figure out how to publish. I don't do the layout and design. I don't have training in that, so we hire that. Um, those are some of the steps. How did your your deaconess training equip you, help you serve in this capacity? Hmm. Uh, when when you read descriptions of deaconess training, they often have the word formation in in it. Sure. And I can tell you that my deaconess training was formative for me. Um, a, a, a thing that the training taught me is the difference between function and formation. I, I used to talk about deaconess work by saying, well, deaconesses might teach children and they might visit shut-ins, they might help widows. And those are all true and they're good things. They're describing and they're like a list of tasks. And that's, that's more like the function. Sure. 
Okay. But, but formation is, is it's deeper. It's like having a different identity. And that is learned in the liturgical life at the seminary. Um, it's in the liturgy that God serves us. The, the entire point of the liturgy is the gospel, right? It's the forgiveness of sins. The liturgy is, is a service of Christ for us. It's where we receive the gifts of life and forgiveness of sins. The sacraments are, of course, at the core. We enter the body of Christ in baptism. We're strengthened and sustained in the body and blood. So we, we really and truly live to and from and in the liturgy. That's what our life is. So as a Christian, as a deaconess, I'm served by God in the liturgy. Then he uses me to serve where there's need in the world. We, we end the liturgy. We go out in peace, filled with the Lord. We get to share his love. I, I think that's the biggest thing. So that certainly shapes how you approach all the steps that, that you're involved in with a hymnal project like the, the one serving the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Kenya. Right. When did that... Uh, when did you see that project come to, has it come to completion? It has come to completion. It was, um, it was finished in 2012 and um, we made, there were 20,000 copies and they're over in Kenya being used. And how has that been received by uh, those for whom it was intended? Um, I have, I continue to be in touch with, with, many people there. A couple of them are professors at, at the Lutheran Seminary in Matongo. Um, the hymnal, is, which is the name of it, is Ibada Takatifu, which is Swahili for divine service. It, the, the Ibada Takatifu is used for the liturgical life at the chapel, and it's taught in the classes. So the seminarians definitely learn to know the value of it and to learn to treasure it. And each year when a class graduates and those men are ordained and called to congregations, I'm told that they take it with them and they introduce it. Um, some of it is slow. It's, it's sometimes slower than we would like, but Lord willing, over the course of a generation, I think the hymnal will spread throughout the church. What did you gain from this uh, as you were involved with this project? What did you learn uh, you, you just you know mentioned uh, things in, in in Swahili. What is you know divine service in Swahili? Did uh, did you learn some Swahili as you were working on this project? <laughs> uh, I I learned a little Swahili. It's I <laughs> I often laugh and I say um, see the Swahili uses the same alphabet that we use. Okay, so I did all of the computer entry. So I got very good at typing Swahili and. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a limited vocabulary, what you have in a hymnal, you know, and um, I'd, I wouldn't always know what the words meant, but I can always tell you if they're spelled correctly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a, I think, very comforting. If you were to go uh, to Kenya and worship with Lutherans there in Kenya, do you think you would feel right at home? I would feel right at home. And you know, the amazing thing is I felt at home the first time I was in the service there when I knew absolutely no Swahili because of the, the, the structure of the service, the ordinary, you know, they've, they've got an invocation. I could tell when we were at a confession of sins and when we were at the Gloria and Excelsis, the, the, the liturgy itself 
um, it unites us and it hardly matters the language in that case. I can, I hear when we're saying the Lord's prayer, I can say it in my, in my head in English. Um, but I do know some Swahili now. Yes. The patterns and the rhythms of the divine service help us retain what the message is of the divine service. It sounds like. Exactly. That's right. So whether you're you're speaking it in or singing it in in uh, your own language or or hearing in another language and right. uh, following along yeah. the, the the rhythms the patterns of it the familiarity with it uh, certainly helps make it universal it sounds mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so the the project with the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Kenya went well what about other projects you've been uh, did that lead to other projects. It did, um, it, not immediately. That was finished in 2012. And then uh, a couple of years, three years ago, I guess, I got an email from Dr. Al Culver, who is, was director of church relations and was working with the Ethiopian, Ethiopian Evangelical Church, Mekana Yesus. They had asked him for assistance in producing a new hymnal as a way to regain a more Lutheran identity. Um, the the Ethiopian church, the EECMY, is a huge church. They have a long history. Part of the country's history, which seriously affected the church, was that they were ruled by a communist dirge regime from 1974 to 1991. Um, during that time, uh, Lutherans, well, Christians, were, were persecuted. Um, many church bodies were shut down completely. The EECMI was not, and it became a place for Christians from many denominations to gather. They, they all joined the EECMI, and God certainly used that church to keep the faith alive there during that time. But the combination of being out of, isolated from the outside world and welcoming Christians for, from so many different denominations meant that their doctrine got watered down. Uh, Since that time, they have recognized that. It's a reason that they came to the LCMS, and it's behind their request for a new hymnal. A a strong hymnal can catechize, it it helps unify the church, and it allows them to worship faithfully. So that's Ethiopia, and we are hard at work in that. Then, in 2015, a request came for a Mandarin Chinese hymnal, uh, that would serve Lutherans in Taiwan, Hong Kong, and mainland China. It was a good request. Things fell into place well, and that has become a, an official project. Um, in that project, we are we're well underway. We are going to start with a test booklet. Hope to have something ready by Advent of this year for them to start to start using and using for teaching. I was in Hong Kong a couple of weeks ago to meet with that committee. And then an interesting thing after that, I traveled to Medan, North Sumatra, Indonesia, to meet with the new bishop of the Christian Lutheran Church in Indonesia. Um, Because some work had been done there several years ago. We had a missionary in Jakarta and Matins, Divine Service, Vespers were all translated into their language of Bahasa, Indonesian. They had been set to music. But then for various reasons, reasons, that project mostly just lay dormant since for the last maybe like eight years. But there were always some pastors who continued to express desire and interest. 
So I went there in February. We had a meeting, and the Indonesian's pa- Indonesian pastors recalled that even as far back as 1996, their bishop had been instructing them in the need for a faithful hymnal. They do have a hymnal. It contains only songs. The songs come from a variety of sources, not all Lutheran. There's no liturgy. There's no catechism, lectionary, or any of that. And it looks like the time is right, and God is leading them to desire a hymnal. So uh, that looks like it will be the next project. Now, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about the the Kenyan hymnal, uh, the what Ibada Takatifu. Very that, good. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> that you know that they use the same alphabet, so you were able to type much yes. of that. Yes. Uh, now we're venturing into languages that do not use the same alphabet. How do you tackle that? Oh, you are right. This <laughs> is a crazy challenge. Um, Amharic, the, the official language in Ethiopia is Amharic. Uh, I am not a linguist, but I have it on the authority of Wikipedia <laughs> that, <laughs> that Amharic is a Semitic language and is written with a version of the Ge'ez script. And the things that we would, they're not letters, they use something called fidels, and they're about 10 times more fidels than what we have letters. And then, of course, you know Chinese. Uh, the, the Chinese characters are nothing like fidels, and I think there are thousands of them. So clearly, I am not going to be able to do the computer entry myself. Um, what I am doing in Ethiopia is um, that I have found a, a church musician who reads music pretty well, and that, that is unusual um, in third world countries. Um, but he's, he, reads, he already was reading music pretty well, and he learns very quickly. So I am training this man, Alamayu, to use the Finale software, and we will work together. I will enter the music notes, and then he puts the words underneath them. In, in China, we have many uh, Chinese pastors and musicians, mm-hmm. so uh, I can work together with them and they can enter the characters once I put the notes in. Why are these hymnal projects so important? I, you know, we've talked about congregations, but what about families too? Why, uh, why so much effort into developing uh, these, these hymnals with, with liturgies and hymns? Aha, uh-huh, yes, yes. Definitely one of the goals is to have hymnals in the homes. Um, families can learn to hing- sing hymns. They learn hymns and sing them together. The hymns teach them. They catechize them. They put the words and ways of God into their ears and onto our lips. They teach us how to pray. They give us the words to proclaim Christ. Um, often the younger generation learns English in school, but their parents, and certainly not their their grandparents, only know native languages. It is so important that they have the gospel in their mother tongue. So hymnals are not just for Sunday morning service. Uh, Like I said, they contain the small catechism. They contain prayers, the pattern of readings for the lectionary. So they can give a structure to daily devotions, too. As we... As you look back on the the projects that you finished, the projects you're on now and and looking forward to perhaps projects in the future, what 
what about these projects keeps you motivated, keeps you on task, especially when they seem so daunting or perhaps even impossible at times? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think uh, as I have thought through that, our life is in the liturgy. We live, God serves us. He gives us his gifts in the liturgy. Hymnals are, they, they aid in bringing that liturgy to the people. And how can we not desire to get these hymnals out as we do our mission work? It, it, it just has to be done. So you mentioned, let's see, we, we've talked about Kenya, Ethiopia, uh, a Mandarin Amharic, uh, or the, the Amharic hymnal in Ethiopia, and a Mandarin hymnal as well. Uh, uh, other projects that you're involved in? Or is that wrapping those, up? Those are, <laughs> that's enough for now. <laughs> I have talked with pastors in Sri Lanka and India. We've done a little groundwork there. They're not ready for projects yet. And, and, and I think three is maybe. <laughs> and you're okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that, yes. Hey, Andy, I wonder if um, I might let your listeners know how to support this international hymnal work. Sure, that would be great. Okay, so um, if they would, if anyone would like to donate money to the international hymnal work, uh, you can call LCMS. The number is 888-930-4438. You can give by credit card over the phone. You could also send a check to the LCMS, to the, to the International Center, and just say International Hymnal Project on it. All right, so 888-930-4438 is uh, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod phone number if you'd like to give a gift for the International Hymnal Project. And, right. uh, and and so that would support the, the hymnals uh, for either of these countries. Is that right? Right, right. That's right. Very good. Well, that's just uh, that's great news to hear, and glad that uh, that we have partner churches around the world that that, that want to uh, to join together uh, in hymns and and liturgy uh, as they gather together in you know as as congregations, and that they they're looking for these resources. And what a joy that that we have something that. Um, that, that connects us. I mean, obviously, the Word of God, this fellowship that we have in Christ, uh, but to have these resources that, that uh, continue to strengthen us in that fellowship as well. That's right. Deaconess Sandra Rhine, serving uh, on this hymnal project, International Hymnal Project. Thank you so much for being my guest today and sharing this, uh, this outstanding story with us, and thanks for your fine work on it as well. You are welcome. God's blessings to you. Thank you. God bless you too. Stick around for more Faith and Family. Up next, we learn about the LCMS Disaster Response Conference from the Reverend Michael Meyer. Concordia University, Wisconsin and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu.